to be or not to be, wrote Shakespeare in Hamlet. And very sadly, many people all over the world are asking that very question as they contemplate suicide. We'll set out to understand some of the possible reasons a person commits suicide next on The Balanced Word. Wake up my soul, wake up early in the day, wake up my hand, and the instrument I play, wake up my voice, let the world hear me say, you are worshipped and it's all to hear today. It's time once again for The Balanced Word, online at thebalancedword.com. You can probably think of someone you know that tragically took their own life. On the heels of a suicide, family members and friends very commonly wrestle through questions like, why would they do such a thing? Could I have prevented it? Today, Pastor Dave Rolf approaches this sensitive subject as we open 2 Samuel 17, where Ahithophel would end up taking his own life. As you'll hear momentarily, answering the why question isn't so easy. Well, you can turn over to 2 Samuel chapter 17. There are several chapters in here that I would just as soon not teach on. But the discipline of teaching through the Bible, as we do, going taking a book and taking one chapter each week, it forces us to deal with some challenging you know, situations that actually are very beneficial for us if we force ourselves to go there. And so... That's what we're doing. This, as we come to chapter 17, you know, we've seen that there's this rebellion of David's son Absalom wanting to become king and basically chasing David out of Jerusalem. Really, David would not sit there and fight his own son. And so he had left and fled. You know, there were, there were a lot of things that led up to it. David hadn't been the greatest dad, certainly, and when there was a molestation in the family and then a killing, and he kind of didn't want to deal with any of it. He was just all like basically ignoring it. And his son Absalom, who was really outgoing, friendly, a real extrovert, was having a hard time with the way his dad was and the way he had been even treated by being marginalized for years. So finally, Absalom decides it's time for me to be king. And so as he kind of declared war on his dad, his dad chose to take off with a lot of his people. He had left, as you remember, 10 of his concubines to take care of the house while, while David you know, took off. Now, Absalom is trying to figure out, what do I do next? He doesn't, he's like a, an Instagram model. He's like really good looking, but he's you know, not, not really sharp. And so, so he has... Ahithophel giving him advice. Ahithophel was a super smart guy. He was one of David's closest advisors and best friends. But by this time, Ahithophel had got fed up with David, probably because David, what David did with Bathsheba in killing her husband and taking her as a wife, one of his wives, Ahithophel was the grandfather of Bathsheba, and so he probably is like, I get you doing it to other people. I didn't think you'd do it to my granddaughter. And so, you know, he was probably bitter and had quit. So Absalom thought, I need somebody who can think. And who better than Ahithophel? He knows my dad. He knows the way government works. And he hates my dad. So he'll like me, and this will work out. So they formed this kind of partnership 
where Ahithophel was giving him advice. And one of the first pieces of advice Ahithophel gave Absalom was one of the worst ideas ever, where he said, you know, you want to start acting like a king. So let me suggest to you that, you know, your dad left 10 of his concubines there to take care of the house. You should go in there and you should, you know, cohabit, have sexual relations with all 10 of them up on the roof of the house where everyone can see. You know, what could possibly go wrong with that? It's something that the law says you get the death penalty if you do something like that. But Ahithophel, so, you know, he's like, believe me, this will really draw a line in the sand, and it would. It would certainly make it unlikely that they could then say, maybe we should get together and talk and see how we can work all this out. No, you, you laid it down there, and we're, we're going at it. So he got him into this mess, Ahithophel did. And now as we come to chapter 17, Absalom's like, I'm not a king. I don't know. What do I do now? My dad's still alive, so he's technically the king. There are people that like him, but boy, a lot of people around me say I'm really cool too. And he's wanting to know what the next step is. So he goes again to Ahithophel, and he says, so what do we do next? And not even realizing that Ahithophel's advice had really not done him a great service before. And again, it isn't because Ahithophel is dumb. He's very smart. But his advice lines up in a way that we will see where it ends up culminating in this chapter. But we'll go to verse 1, chapter 17. Moreover, Ahithophel said to Absalom, okay, here's what we do next. Let me choose 12,000 men, and I will arise and pursue David tonight. I will come upon him while he is weary and weak and make him afraid, and all the people who are with him will flee, and I will strike only the king. I'll go after him. Everybody's going to run. It's just me and David. I'm going to kill him. And then everybody else will rally around me, as he says. I'll bring back all the people to you, and when all return except the man whom you seek, all the people will be at peace. Everybody will live happily ever after. And the saying pleased Absalom and all the elders of Israel. They're all like, yeah, great idea. Oh, yeah, great idea. You take a small army to go after an experienced warrior who is surrounded by mighty men of valor who have, have learned how to fight out in the wilderness, and you're some, you know, nerd, and you're going to lead the way, and you think that you can kill David because he's tired? You don't know anything about what you're talking about. That's what they should have said. They should have said, Ithophel, you really think that you can take David? Are you that delusional? Look, you, you know, if you, if you think that somehow a guy without experience can take out somebody who's experienced, it doesn't work that way. It's why if you're, if you're at a sporting event and fights break out, always bet on the old guy. You'll see some young, buffed guy mouthing off, drinking too much, and some old, fat guy just beats a tar out of them. Because like old guys, they've fought for a lot of years. And the other thing about old guys is they don't really care if they bleed. They're like, I've bled before. So he's like, oh, no, 
I know I got this. I got, you know, I went to karate class. I've never really fought with a real person, but yeah, I got it. And they're like, good idea. So everybody thought it was a great idea, but then Absalom was smart enough to say in verse 5, now call Hushai the archguide also and let us hear what he says too. Absalom knows he's not that smart. He knows Ahithophel is. But he's probably already thinking, I'm still having second thoughts about that doing the 10 concubines on the roof stunt. So maybe I ought to get Hushai's advice. Hushai was the guy that was a, a huge advisor to David, probably after Ahithophel had got disgusted and left. And so Hushai was now kind of working as a spy for David in a way. He was loyal to David, but David told him, go back there and help and then keep me posted on what's going on. So he's not, at the same time, Hushai's advice ends up certainly being at least better than the advice of Ahithophel. But so he goes, let's get a second opinion. So let's see what he says. And when Hushai came to Absalom, Absalom spoke to him and said, Hithophel has spoken in this manner. He said, he wants to go and he'll kill David himself, bring all the armies back and everybody will live happily ever after. Shall we do as he says? If not, speak up. We're thinking this sounds great, but we just want a second opinion. Does that sound great? And Hushai said to Absalom in verse 7, the advice that Ahithophel has given is not good at this time. I mean, he's being kind of nice about it. He's like, I'm not sure this is the right time to do that. I mean, he could have easily said, it's a stupid idea from start to finish, but instead he's like, you know, I don't know if this is really the time to do it. For, said Hushai, you know your father and his men, that they are mighty men. And they are enraged in their minds, like a bear robbed of her cubs in the field. And your father is a man of war and will not camp with the people. Surely by now he is hidden in some pit, some other place, and it'll be when some of them are overthrown at the first. Whoever hears it will say, there's a slaughter among the people who follow Absalom. And even he who is valiant, whose heart is like the heart of a lion, will melt completely, for all Israel knows that your father is a mighty man, and those who are with him are valiant men. Therefore, I advise, and he goes ahead with his idea. So he looks at Ahithophel's idea, and he goes, problem is, man, don't underestimate the power of an aging warrior. And he's surrounded by guys who are experienced. They've been warriors all their lives. And so, you know, you come and if they just, you know, get angry and they kill a couple of people, all these guys who aren't normally soldiers, they're, they're you know, you just recruited them just now. And then you have Ahithophel. I don't want to say anything against him, but can you compare his experience as a warrior when he was fighting the battles of academia to, you know, somebody who's been on a, on a battlefield their whole life. And so he goes, yeah, I don't think that's a good time, but here's an idea. He said, therefore, I advise that all Israel be fully gathered to you from Dan to Beersheba. In other words, you shouldn't try this until you have the entire nation behind you. Now, we know Hushai was a friend and a fan of David's, and so, you know, 
partly he probably knew that there was a whole lot of people in Israel that wouldn't side with Absalom at this point. David was still a very popular man. They had memories of him. He was still their king. And, but he said, you should gather everybody together from all over the country. And from like the sand that's by the sea for multitude. And then you go to battle in person. In other words, Ahithophel leading the way? No, you want to be king? You need to lead this thing. And you're going to need a lot more soldiers than this in order to do it. So, you know, again, Hushai's advice is probably still better than Ahithophel's. But at the same time, he wants David to win. And so that maybe clouds it a little bit. So he says, we'll come upon him in some place where he may be found and we'll fall on him as the dew falls on the ground and of him and all the men who are with him, there shall not be left so much as one. He goes, you'll lead the way and you'll slaughter all of his people because you'll outnumber them so greatly. Moreover, if he has withdrawn into a city, then all Israel shall bring ropes to that city and we will pull it into the river until there's not one small stone found there. So, verse 14, Absalom and all the men of Israel said, the advice of Hushai, the archite, is better than the advice of Ahithophel. For the Lord had purposed to defeat the good advice of Ahithophel to the intent that the Lord might bring disaster on Absalom. So they thought, Absalom leading a whole bunch of soldiers is a better idea than Ahithophel leading a few soldiers without making good plans, without preparation. So they go, this, Hushai's advice is better. Now then, as you read on from verse 15 on down, um, Hushai then sends some spies from the temple to go tell David, hey, here's what's going on. You guys need to book it across the Jordan, get out in the wilderness, because David knew what it was like to live in the wilderness, and that would be the safest place for him. And in a way, Hushai was buying him some time by trying to tell him, take time and gather troops from all over the country. So he's kind of playing both sides. But, you know, even though his advice was better than Ahithophel's, neither one of them had a great chance of success against David. Because, you know, if you have a a nerd leading the army, or if you have an Instagram model leading the army, you're kind of in trouble against experienced soldiers anyhow. But he's trying to, he gives them the advice, and they thought it was good, so then he leaks it, and you can read through these verses that, um, down in verse 21, where it says, they told King David and said to David, arise and cross over the water quickly, for thus has Ahithophel advised against you. So David and all his people who were with him arose and crossed over the Jordan. By morning light, not one of them was left who had not gone over the Jordan. So, and you can read the story of these spies. People were hiding them. There were a lot of people who were still behind David. So they're looking for these spies, but there were some people that had them hide down in their well. And, you know, it, it's an interesting adventure if you, if you read the whole thing through. But I want to get through the chapter, so I'm not going to read all of it. So here's this dilemma. Only two suggested opportunities. Now it's going to take, and ironically, even though they said that the advice was better, 
when it came from Hushai, they still didn't actually take his advice because the, all Absalom heard is, I should lead rather than Ahithophel, and they just take off right away. And you'll see that in the rest of the chapter. You'll see that ultimately a lot of the people living in these little cities were helping David, supporting him, giving him food and, and transportation and all kinds of stuff. He, people still loved David. So this wasn't going to go well, even if, you know, he, Absalom had waited long enough to get enough soldiers to even make a run at it. But what I really want you to focus your attention on is this mysterious verse 23. It's kind of weird that after they heard two opinions, they picked one, Ahithophel, they didn't take his advice. In verse 23, when Ahithophel saw that his advice was not followed, he saddled a donkey and arose. <laughs> Can you imagine a guy riding a donkey going to attack David? But he got on a donkey and he arose and it said that uh, um, he went home to his house, to his city, and then he put his household in order. An interesting phrase, it's only used here in the scripture, but we use it a lot in literature, usually referring to get your house in order before you go and tell somebody else how to live. But in this case, it was something very specific and very tragic. He put his household in order and he hanged himself and he died. And he was buried in his father's tomb. And then David took off, was supported, and Absalom's leading an army ultimately to his own doom in the next chapter. But this guy, Hithophel, if you read commentaries, a lot of times even if you hear pastors preaching on this, the understanding is, okay, why did Hithophel kill himself? Just because they didn't take his advice? He's not a fool. Ahithophel, there was something more going on with Ahithophel than just the fact, well, fine, if you don't want my advice, I'm going to go kill myself. I don't think that's what it was. There was something going on in Ahithophel that, first of all, if you go back to the previous chapter, he has this great idea of Absalom defiling these royal women in public, thus bringing death penalty on yourself, thus making David so mad that he's not going to have sympathy for you anymore? What kind of an idea was that? It was almost a suicidal idea, even at that. He was a bitter guy. You can maybe understand why he was. But then his idea of, you know what? Here's my plan. I'm going to lead the way, and I'm going to kill David. You know, that's not a plan. That's suicide. That's him wanting to die doing something because he wanted to die. The reason why he ends up going home and killing himself was because in every way possible, he had wanted to die. And it seemed like he couldn't even pull that off. He would have liked to die a hero, but he couldn't do it. You know, a lot of times, I, one time I was talking to a girl who told me that she was going to kill herself and she wanted to die. And I go, can I make a suggestion? I said, I'll give you a one-way ticket to Afghanistan, and you can go there and just start preaching the gospel on the streets, and you'll die, and then you'll be a hero. They'll be writing books about you, making movies about you, and everything else. And she ended up not killing herself, which is good. But Ahithophel, like nothing that he was doing 
gave him the opportunity to do what he really wanted to do, which was to die. And I don't, you know, you can look at it and go, well, his, his dear friend, his king, his leader, his boss had defiled his granddaughter. So would that make you this upset? I don't know. You know, you could look at it and go, she was married to a Gentile. Now she's the queen. Now she has a chance for her son to actually become the next king of Israel. So yeah, too bad about her ex, but this hasn't, this isn't all that bad. You could easily argue with him and say, should you really be that bitter against David? Now, yeah, I know you thought David would never do something like that to somebody like you. And people who are loyal to powerful people always, they never, they always underestimate the ability of power to corrupt people. And so as a result, they're like, I expected David to do stuff like that, but not to one of my relatives. But it was complicated. But the real thing is, as we look at it, why do people take their own lives? It happens all the time. We've all been affected by it. I'm sure we all know people who have chosen to kill themselves. And every time we're like, why'd you do that? that if I could have only talked to you, or if I only could have you know, explained, or what, how can you be so selfish? And personally, I don't believe that people kill themselves because they're selfish. I don't think they kill themselves because they want to hurt somebody else. Their perspective is different than that. Now, it's really true that when people take their own life, when they decide not to live anymore, to be or not to be, as Shakespeare wrote in Hamlet, that's the question. When somebody decides to answer that question in that way, there's something to it. There's a reason behind it. In some way, life has so disappointed a person that they then think that the most logical option for them is to stop the pain by ending it all. And so, uh, I mean, by the way, suicide is not prevalent at all in impoverished countries where everyone kind of lives the same way in the jungle. They don't kill themselves because they have really low expectations. They just hope when they wake up tomorrow, they can find food for their family. But it's the more complex society becomes, the more likely it is that you have a sense of, I thought this was going to happen, and now I'm disappointed. You're listening to The Balanced Word with Pastor Dave Rolfe and his message, To Be or Not To Be. You can hear it again online at thebalancedword.com. You can also call and request a CD copy at 949-362-7475. You might also want to request the entire Kingdom Building series, again at 949-362-7475. We'd also like to offer you Pastor Dave's Through the Bible in a Year series on a USB thumb drive for a gift of $25 or more. Go through the Bible in a year with Pastor Dave by ordering this special series today. Again, call 949-362-7475 or order online at thebalancedword.com. Your gifts help to make these shows possible on stations like this one all across the nation. Thank you for standing with us with either a one-time gift or ongoing monthly support. Donations can be made at thebalancedword.com. Have you had a chance to listen to Pastor Dave's one-minute messages? You can listen to those at thebalancedword.com and even join our mailing list so you can have them delivered to you each day. 
You can watch them on Instagram or Facebook, too, by following CC Pacific Hills. Pastor Dave would love to have you join us at Pacific Hills Calvary Chapel. Our service times on Sunday morning are at 8, 9.45, and 11.30. Directions and more information about the church can be found online at ccpacifichills.org. You can watch our live stream there, too, ccpacifichills.org. If you've been experiencing suicidal thoughts, we'd encourage you to reach out to someone, like a family member, friend, or your pastor, or even us here at The Balanced Word. While the pain you're experiencing is very real, God doesn't want you to deal with it by yourself. Let me give you our phone number once again, 949-362-7475. Again, 949-362-7475. Now with these concluding thoughts... Here again is Pastor Dave. Now, it's easy to go, oh, I have fell. You know, he lost. He couldn't handle it. He was weak. And you can do that with anyone who takes their own life. But I want to suggest to you that Ahithophel was in some kind of pain that you don't really know what he was feeling and what he was suffering. And that's true of everyone who takes their own life. There's a level of pain that we cannot look at it logically and comprehend it completely. And that's kind of scary, but it's very, very true. We'll finish up this message next time on The Balanced Word. This program is brought to you by Pacific Hills Calvary Chapel. Wake up my soul. Wake up And the instrument I play with